Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. I'm Brandon Cadiz. Thanks for tuning in. And what a two-day stretch for the Warriors. And when I say what a two-day stretch, I mean it in a bad way. Coming off back-to-back losses for the third time this season. A blowout loss to the Utah Jazz in Utah. And now a nail-biting loss to the New York Knicks just last night. 116-114. We'll talk about both of those games as well as some key trades that happened during the NBA trade deadline on Thursday. Also, Warriors potential buyers in the buyout market. We'll take a look at who the Warriors can sign. Some potential bigs there as familiar names like Robin Lopez and Tristan Thompson are on those lists. Dub Nation, Warriors fans, Warriors Twitter, everyone needs to relax. It's a back-to-back loss. It's only the third time that's happened this season. Warriors are still second in the Western Conference, second best record in the NBA at 41-15. and I know everyone is worried about Draymond Green being out, Kevon Looney being the only true center on this Warriors roster, and after seeing Nemanja Bielitsa play poorly last night, and that's being nice, He's coming off a lower back injury, a bilateral uh, back stiffness, I think was the official report, but Bielitsa was a liability last night. Warriors fans were roasting him on Twitter, and Jonathan Kaminga, though, played really well last night, played some small ball center minutes there in the fourth quarter, and Steve Kerr addressed that, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Addressing the elephant in the room. What are the Warriors going to do at the center position? Would they have made a move during the NBA trade deadline? Who would the Warriors have cut? The answer to all those questions is no, nothing. No trade was made. No moves were made. Warriors are actively going to be on the buyout market, though, as well as other contenders in the NBA. I bring up this issue of big man because the Warriors were out-rebounded at Utah 52 to 35 that night and when we take a look at the offensive rebound numbers 11 to 3 against the Utah Jazz they were out rebounded there and last night against the New York Knicks the Warriors did not do a better job at rebounding they were out rebounded by the Knicks 51 to 38 and on the offensive glass they were out rebounded 16 to 5. Golden State is being out rebounded 103 to 73 in the past two games and that's an area of concern especially because we saw Kevon Looney grab double digit rebounds every game against the Jazz he had seven rebounds and against the Knicks Looney came out with only five rebounds the Warriors are in trouble and we're not going to act like they don't need a center we're all waiting for the arrival of James Wiseman who probably is going to make his debut Sometime in the all- after the All-Star break, we'll say mid-March if we're being optimistic. Steve Kerr did address the media afterwards, talking about their offensive rebounding woes, rebounding problems in general, and how without Draymond Green, they had to plug in Jonathan Kaminga. We'll let you listen to some sound, but before that, let's hear from our sponsor, Bet Online. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, 
Bet Online has you covered. From odds, scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Now here's that sound from Steve Kerr after the loss to the New York Knicks last night, 116-114. to 114. Uh, You know, they had a huge uh, size advantage on the front line. We were getting, getting crushed on the boards and our guys fought. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm disappointed that we lost, but I'm really proud of our guys. I thought it was a, it was a hell of a fight. Was Randall's presence the reason for starting Kaminga, and just how do you think he handled that that power? Yeah, that was part of it, just to match up. And I thought uh, Kaminga held up really well and and uh, did a good job on on uh, Randall and uh, gained uh, you know some valuable experience. Steve, typically with big teams, you guys want to push it a little bit. Did you like the pace? Uh, not not uh, until kind of late, you know, when we went small. I thought that was the first time we really pushed it. I thought there were a lot of possessions where uh, we were jogging, you know, up the sidelines. But um, to be honest, that's kind of been our team. You know, without Draymond, um, the last few weeks, our pace is near the bottom of the league. So uh, uh, tonight, uh, three games in a row, it's like 16, 18, 17 offensive boards. Julius Randle dominated the inside against the Warriors, and he got absolutely whatever shot he wanted inside the paint. He finished with 28 points, 10 of 23 overall field goaling, but 8 for 12 from the free throw line. Whenever he backed down, whenever he got into the lane, he was hacked, he was fouled, and he took advantage of that. He also finished with 16 rebounds and 7 assists, and a lot of trade talks about Julius Randle, about him unfollowing the Knicks on social media, giving up, lashing out on coaches. Well, he came back and he dominated and took out that frustration on the Golden State Warriors. And those issues go back to the Utah game. Like I mentioned, Hassan Whiteside had a great game off the bench. In only 29 minutes, he had 9 points, 17 rebounds, 12 defensive, 5 offensive boards, Warriors cannot find a stop to getting out rebound especially on the O glass and Hassan Whiteside have seven blocks that game against Utah or in Utah against the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr thinks that when Draymond Green comes back all these issues will be gone and hey they might be gone but the Warriors are a small team and they've had success of being able to play small and rely by their shooting but when the shooting especially from the three-point line doesn't go as planned they're struggling to buy those offensive boards and as to say long missed threes lead to fast break points and as Steve Kerr said in the press conference Warriors have been near the bottom at fast break and pace opportunities since Draymond Green has been out and Draymond Green really sets the tempo for this Warriors team and when you have guys that are slow defensively for example like last night Nemanja Bielica a liability then 
you have a problem, especially with Andre Iguodala not playing as well. The Warriors' true center is Kevon Looney, and you need a body to be able to give him minutes and make him rest. And Looney only played 19 minutes yesterday. That's why they had to give the other 19 minutes to Nemanja Bielica, who was a minus 11 second worst on the team. Gary Payton was the worst at minus 12. But let's talk about that, Gary Payton and the other guards. When Steve Kerr needs to put a big man in there, but they're not doing so well, like the Manja Bielica last night, it affects the minutes off the bench. It's more minutes for Jordan Poole, like he had last night in 27 minutes, scored 11 points. But then you only play Gary Payton the second nine minutes compared to Bielica's 19. And a lot of Dub Nation had that reaction on Twitter. What was Steve Kerr doing last night? Gary Payton II made an impact there defensively. We remember a play in which he tipped the pass, going to Julius Randle, forced it off of him out of bounds in the back end. And I think we need to see those Gary Payton II minutes more last night. And Juan Toscano Anderson only had six minutes. Would have liked to see more of him in comparison to Nemanja Bielica. Jonathan Kaminga played that small ball type of center role in the fourth quarter. Steve Kerr also addressed that in the post-game press conference and basically said that when Draymond Green comes back, he's going to be one of the guys to close it out in the fourth quarter. One reporter last night tried to hint at Steve Kerr in the press conference if he would increase Jonathan Kaminga's minutes when Draymond Green comes back. Basically, Kerr shooted that question away didn't really answer it too much but I expect Jonathan Kaminga to play a bigger role as I've said on this podcast even when Draymond Green comes back he showed poise he showed resilience last night and he had 17 points on five of eight shooting two for three from beyond the arc five for six from the free throw line we've seen the free throwing numbers go up he's around mid 60s this season so far but he's been able to increase and become better at that and he almost had a clean block on Julius Randle towards the end of the game which ultimately was a goal tending call and let's talk about the end of the game where Clay Thompson had the opportunity to win the game Steve Kerr drew up a play to Clay and got a good look got his defender flying and just couldn't hit the mid-range jumper to tie the game and potentially send it to overtime was that play designed for Clay in short answer, yes, it was. Steve Kerr designed that play for Klay Thompson. Boy, would that have been a great way for Klay to get his confidence back. Did not have too bad of a game last night, actually, against the Knicks. Thompson finished with 17 points, 7 of 17 shooting, 3 of 9 from beyond the arc. Klay's just jacking up his shots, trying to get still comfortable with getting those limited minutes off the bench. What was impressive to me, though, was... Clay took 17 shots, had 17 points, but Jonathan Kaminga had 17 points on only 8 shots, and it just shows you how well he's developing Jonathan Kaminga, and not to take anything away from Clay, who's been on the Warriors team for so long, one of the great two-way defenders in the NBA and a great player, but I'm really impressed with Jonathan Kaminga being able to do that on only 8 shots, Kaminga with a plus 8 on the night, and Steph Curry looked great last night, he finished with... 35 points, 10 assists, 11 of 25 from the field, 5 of 16 from beyond the arc. Struggled a little bit there at the end, but a perfect 8 for 8 from the free throw line. Loved seeing the 10 assists from Steph, and he had the chance to score 40 there in 10 points. We remember that 50 and 10, I think, game that he had earlier in the year against the Atlanta Hawks, but always loved to see Steph involved in the passing. 
And especially when guys are double teaming him to be able to defer out and find the right teammate. Really impressive. Of course, Steph's gravity on display again last night. Steph has really invested the time to continue to get back to his routine of being able to make those tough contested three-point shots. We saw a really deep three-point shot with Evan Fournier in front of him. Fournier gave him the look like, no way you're going to shoot this. Bury that three. We saw the fake spin move and the layup that got Randall Cross similar to Michael Jordan and that fake spin that he did and threw it down on Patrick Ewing. Uh, Bob Fitzgerald, great reference there to bring that one back up. And you see a side-by-side -side comparison of that all over Twitter. So check that Steph Curry move out last night. But Steph Curry has invested so much time into his craft, similar to our sponsor, Masterworks. Do you want to make some money? How about you invest in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Wouldn't it just be great to know when James Wiseman would come back? Whether Kevon Looney can hold up the entire 82 games of the season? I mean, he's done a great job so far. What will the Warriors do in the buyout market? Are they going to go after Tristan Thompson, Robin Lopez? Will they bring in another backup guard, which I really don't think would happen? They're going to stick to the bigs, in my opinion. And we'll talk more about that. It would just be great to have your peace of mind about who the Warriors are going to sign. Just like our sponsor, NordVPN. What's more important than the peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for. To give you the peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Go check out our sponsor, NordVPN. Taking a look at the buyout market, there are plenty of guys available. Headlined by Goran Dragic, Tristan Thompson, and Dennis Schroeder. You also have guys like DJ Augustine, Gary Harris, Eric Bledsoe, probably John Wall there. Will the Lakers try to get rid of Russell Westbrook? Uh, probably not. They're probably not going to try to end up with that dead cap space there. Roddy Hood could be a potential option. But we all care about the bigs here in Golden State. And a couple key guys here on the radar. Robin Lopez, Tristan Thompson, Paul Millsap, DeAndre Jordan, and his freedom potentially. 
as well. But I think for the Warriors, their number one priority at the big man position, it has to be Robin Lopez. The Warriors have shown interest in him in the past. He can still play pretty solid defense as we take a look at his numbers this season with the Orlando Magic. 8.2 points this season. 3.8 rebounds, 1.7 assists in 25 games played. Shooting at 57% from the field, 40% from three, 58% from the free throw line. Robin Lopez is a solid option for the Warriors. Also behind them, a common name that you've heard in NBA trade deadline scenarios, and that's Tristan Thompson. He was part of the deal that sent him to Indiana, part of the DeMontis Sabonis trade in which the Kings got Sabonis as well as Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday, He was supposed to back up Miles Turner as the backup center, but he is going to get bought out and is looking to join a contender. The Warriors are one of those teams. Does Phoenix need one? Does he go to Milwaukee? They already got Sergi Baca. They look scary there down in Milwaukee. So far, Thompson, 6.2 points, 5.8 rebounds. I've been able to see a couple Sacramento games this season. Thompson had done a great job off the bench. He's still that scrappy guy that you remember when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Fights for the offensive boards. Can really back down his defender still and contest him defensively. Paul Millsap, who a lot of Warriors fans wanted earlier this season, he was traded to the 76ers as part of the James Harden-Ben Simmons blockbuster deal, but he's going to get bought out as well. He really didn't do too much with the Nets so far in the past half season, one and a half seasons. I can't remember, but Paul Millsap could be an option there. Not really wanting to see him on the roster just because of his age. I would prefer the other two in Robin Lopez and in Tristan Thompson. Those are some bigs there for the Warriors to potentially get on the buyout market. But the question is, who do the Warriors cut? That's the most important question. They have those two-way deals, of course, to Quindary Witherspoon already and Chris Chioza. You'll have to get them on a veteran contract as a buyout. So, can't get them at the two-way option, unfortunately. So I think it comes down to two guys, and that's going to be Nemanja Bielita, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and hey, Damian Lee, potentially, but no. Warriors need shooters. Damian Lee has done a great job off the bench this season to be able to nail down big three-pointers when needed. Of course, we saw that against San Antonio and his big three-pointer to secure that victory. My buyout market wish list would be my top three, and it would go in this order. It would be Robin Lopez, Ennis Freedom, and then Tristan Thompson. I did not mention too much about Ennis Freedom, but he's only a year removed from having 11 points average, seven rebounds per game, shot it at 60%. From the field when he was with the Portland Trailblazers in this season in limited minutes with the Boston Celtics, 3.7 points, 4.6 rebounds, 52% from the field, 85% from the free throw line. We'd love to get his 6'10 frame down low here to support Kevon Looney. I would not hate that at all until James Wiseman is ready to be back. Ennis Freedom could be a solid option for the Warriors. We have to spend a few minutes here on the NBA trade deadline 
on Thursday. Again, the blockbuster trade. The Brooklyn Nets get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick. And the Philadelphia 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap. What a great deal for both teams, especially for the Brooklyn Nets. To be able to get Ben Simmons and Seth Curry really bolstering their offense there with Seth Curry and the three-point shooting. Also, the 76ers and James Harden get who they want. Daryl Morey is reunited with James Harden. It's a great trade for both teams. Ben Simmons and James Harden both get out of environments in which they had a pretty bad time in and now can thrive in a new environment a lot of people forget ben simmons ability to be a point guard to be able to go out on a fast break find the open man ben simmons is unstoppable when he gets down in the lane similar to guys like Giannis, James Harden in transition in the fast break as well. For Philadelphia, you get to be able to experience the show of James Harden and Joel Embiid, a potential MVP candidate this year. I want to see the pick and roll between Harden and Joel Embiid. You love the pick and roll back in Houston with James Harden and Clint Capella, but now to be able to do that with a MVP-like candidate in Joel Embiid who can shoot the mid-range, can shoot from the three-point line, also has a dribble, those spin moves that Joel has. The 76ers can be a threat. And for the Brooklyn Nets as well, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, you'll be able to add a shooter from the corner. You still have Patty Mills. Ben Simmons provides the ability to drive inside the lane, as I've mentioned. And if the mask mandate and the vaccination status in New York gets improved or gets rid of is what I'm trying to say, then Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to come back with a whole new roster and they're actually going to give this roster some time. Of course, 16 games played between the trio of James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Their record then, 13-3. and They blew it up. And a lot of teams earlier in the season, or a lot of fans, excuse me, were trying to say that this team, this big three of Harden, Irving, and Durant could have combated with the Curry, Durant, and Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green big four there in Golden State. Who would have known that it would only take 16 games for them to blow it up in Brooklyn? A trade that I'd like to address was earlier during the NBA trade deadline week, and that was DeMontis Sabonis to the Sacramento Kings, Tyrese Halliburton to the Indiana Pacers, and believe me, working on the Kings at NBC Sports Bay Area in California, we all were scratching our head on the deal, but eventually, after that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, we saw how more fluently the Sacramento Kings offense flowed with Sabonis, Lamb, and Holiday. And I think DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, Sacramento Kings fans, give it some time. That pick and roll, similar to Joel Embiid and James Harden, is something I'm really interested to see on how this new Sacramento Kings era, this new offense is going to flow between Fox and Sabonis. Indiana Pacers, man, they have a duo there in Chris Duarte now and Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton was just coming off a career-high 17-assist game before he got traded. And we remember the Steph Curry similar-like 
promise that Halliburton made two weeks prior to getting traded when she said, Kings fans, we will figure this one out. Well, now he's out of Sacramento. I really hope the best for Tyrese Halliburton after all the efforts he gave out in Sacramento and trying to turn that franchise around. Speaking of the Sacramento Kings, they were not done as Thursday, a four-team trade was made. The Pistons got Marvin Bagley III, the Clippers getting Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale, while the Bucks received Serge Ibaka, a 2022 second round pick and a 2024 second round pick, while the Kings reload and also add Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. I really love the trade for the Bucks. They get Serge Ibaka, and I think it's the most underrated trades of the trade deadline. They are so scary. They are long. They are big. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez, and now Serge Ibaka on the roster. They provided really bad matchup problems for the Warriors, and they get even bigger, taller, and can block even more shots now with the addition of Serge Ibaka. They're the team I am worried most about taking on the Golden State Warriors in a potential NBA Finals matchup. I really like the chances of Milwaukee now being able to go back-to-back -back as a bolster their interior presence. For the Sacramento Kings, Dante DiVincenzo, you had this guy. We remember how much of a dog he was with the Milwaukee Bucks and also back in his college days. They had a great shooter and a defender. Sacramento looking like a whole new team, as I mentioned earlier. Going to be interesting to see him added to that Kings roster. And Marvin Bagley III, everyone wanted to free him, give him a chance. It's going to be interesting to see him with Isaiah Stewart and Beef Stew down there in Detroit. You get two interior guys who really can explode, let him play, see what they got. Detroit at the bottom of the pile there. But Cade Cunningham, Marvin Bagley, I'm going to sign up for that one. I'm just backtracking now and realizing that I said Brooke Lopez, but he was out for the season. I meant Bobby Portis, adding Bobby Portis with Serge Ibaka. Now that's an interior presence that makes Milwaukee really, really scary. And I still stand by that point. Milwaukee has a chance to repeat. I know a lot of Warriors fans listening to this won't agree with that, but hey, Milwaukee is the threat there in the East in front of the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion. That was my quick roundup of the NBA trade deadline. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. You can follow me, your host, Brandon Cadiz, on Twitter at bcadiz0 and our podcast at Warriors 24-7 pod. Thanks for tuning in, and until next week, thanks for listening. The show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.